Hello everyone, welcome to What is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services. This is the moment usually something happens. A yeah. crisis. Is your cup secure? It is. I have a different cup. I'm taking Phones are secure. Yes. No alarm is going to go off. I hope not. We don't have to turn the air conditioner on. No. None of that stuff, right? All of those things had to do with me, so I'm, I'm, you're making and me a little showed defensive. Up, about I showed that. up 15 minutes late, so you know the okay, good. There's Thank a, you. yeah, there there's go. a balance. There's a balance in life, and you're certainly appropriate for pointing that out. What is Covenants Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry? It's my crisis. My, your name, Carolyn Barnett. My name, Dave Clay. See, I was getting warm. I had to take off my sweater, so that's my mini crisis. It's fighting <laughs> stuff, right? I mean, you, you take off your sweater to fight, right? Yeah. Got to roll up the sleeves. Oh, yeah. Carolyn, when you were in school, were you bullied? Well, <laughs> the definition of bullying has changed. So back then you might say you were picked on or teased about something, but today you're being bullied. And so, um, of course, I don't want to make light of that. Um, and I'm not avoiding your question, but when I talk to people about that and I look back on what they, what happened during my school time, then I think the answer would be yes. Um, it didn't quite go to the extremes that sometimes it goes to today in today's world, but um, yes. And in fact, I did suffer some some lasting effects, some trauma from some of that that I had to work through. So, um, you know, it was kind of a difficult time. Um, I had a time in middle school and then there was a time um, that I was being bullied but I didn't have the self-confidence or the self-awareness to put it into that. So I allowed that to go on, which is even worse than the first, because the first I was hurt and traumatized, but the second time I allowed it to happen, which <laughs> is even worse. But yes, I, I would say definitely yes. I, I think it is an interesting consideration. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll go a little further and suggest that it's a proposition. Okay. I don't think anybody gets through life without being picked on or bullied. It's just the way it is. It is mm -hmm. the way of the world. It is right. the natural inclination mm -hmm. to, <laughs> I guess, dominate, mm -hmm. control. And if you can't do that through any other means, and there's a lot of ways to bully, right? It doesn't, it's right. like abuse. There's a lot of ways to abuse somebody. You can right. do that psychologically, emotionally. You can do that physically. But for every abuser, there is therein a victim Oddly enough, not every victim turns out to be an abuser, but most do. But there's a few that escape that. Mm -hmm. There's a few that get through that and don't experience mm -hmm. or have in that experience, don't have that inclination, mm -hmm. experience it the same way, don't have that inclination in to bully others. Mm -hmm. I think that is worth, again, consideration and maybe so with proposition, if we've all been bullied then if we can figure out what makes the difference between those that turn out to be bullies and then those that otherwise in their victimization decide, this is not for me. There's no good result that comes from that. There's no good end in sight. 
Wouldn't you say that, and this is just off the top of my head, I hadn't studied this, but this morning, but wouldn't you say that the difference might be how they process that, whether it, they internalize it or whether they externalize it? Because I was clearly <laughs> affected, but did I want to go out and bully others? No, I, I think I internalized mine. Whereas maybe somebody else, and I, I was just talking to my daughter about this, a lot of um, um, different types of abuse that happen happened to that person when they were a child. And so we, you know, we see a lot of that. So maybe they externalize it and then, then they abuse or they bully somebody else. And that's how they deal with it. That's how they cope with it. Yeah, I didn't deal with it that way, but you know, and, and maybe, and I don't know that one's worse than the other. You know, because you're still hurting. Well, neither somebody. are right. I mean, because you're still bullying. Right. You're still. You're either you're, a, a, right. a bully, a perpetrator, mm-hmm. or you're a victim. Right. And, and you know, even as you're explaining that, I I, I would never want to bully you, Carolyn. <laughs> it's time to stop. No, it's time to stop. <laughs> but you bully yourself. That's if you I internalize mean. it, right, if you exactly. externalize it, you bully others. Right. But but the idea is that there's got to be a better way right. than mm-hmm. perpetuating. Exactly. There's mm-hmm. got to, because it doesn't end up anywhere it's good not for an anybody. Right. It's not the, the answer. And even if you say, well, it's the only way to peace. <laughs> we just have to accept the bullying. We just have to take it. But the mark that it leaves on you, if you right. don't understand... Once more, how that gets changed mm-hmm. in some way, so that you can leave that situation not only not being a bully, not participating in that, but really having victory over that. Mm-hmm. Because right. the bullies will still come; they're still right. going to come. Mm-hmm. Satan was a bully. In this world, you will have trouble. The accuser of the brethren. I mean, mm-hmm. whether it's internally he beats mm-hmm. you up or whether externally through other people, mm-hmm. that's the bully. Mm-hmm. I know he's more than that, and that seems a bit trite when I say it, kind of say it that way, because he's much, much more, it's much more formidable. Right. But that's also what we're saying. Sometimes the more formidable really isn't the more powerful, it's the trickier. It's the more insidious mm-hmm. And insidious in the sense that if you grow up with that, you begin to identify with that. You begin to expect that. Either you then reactively so defend yourself against that and turn into a bully. Or you say, well, there's really nothing I can do about it. Mm -hmm. I just have to accept it. Victim. Mm -hmm. And the last podcast, uh, we were making some statements. uh, A lot. (laughs) A lot of statements. We say a lot of stuff. But the last podcast, though, I kind of said that. You know, they're either going to take it away or you're going to give it away. But that doesn't mean, though, that you give it away in a victim sort of way. What it means is that you understand that giving it away is really the power that is within you. But it isn't under any sort of bad end. It certainly isn't under the end that we've been discussing in today's podcast. Mm-hmm. It's to a greater end, and that's resurrection. Okay. And I don't know that it's to live to fight another battle because people will even rationalize or justify that. I think that it's even more than that. I'm going to read a passage and I'll let you reflect on everything we've said thus far. Matthew 17, verse 22. And while they abode in Galilee, Jesus said unto them, The Son of Man shall be betrayed into the hands of men, and they shall kill him, and the third day he shall be raised again. And they were exceeding sorry. And when they were come to Capernaum, They that received tribute money came to Peter and said, Doth not your master pay tribute? He said, Yes. 
And when he was coming to the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon, of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute? Of their own children or of the strangers? You always treat strangers worse than you treat your own. Mm -hmm. Peter saith unto him, Of strangers, Jesus saith unto him. Uh, of strangers, Jesus saith unto him, Then are the children free, notwithstanding, lest we should offend them. Go thou to the sea, and cast an hook, and take up the fish. Up the fish that first cometh up, and when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money that take and give unto them for me and thee. So going back up to the 22, the Son of Man shall be betrayed into the hands of men, 23, and they shall kill him. And the third day he shall be raised again. And they were exceeding sorry. I suppose that is picking on somebody. I suppose that is bullying somebody. But maybe that's the extreme. You do that enough, abuse them enough, you eventually kill them. You may not kill them physically, although certainly that is a potential end. But eventually you wear them down in a soul sort of way, spirit sort of way, and they just quit. They give up. They die. They quit on you. They quit on themselves. They become passive-aggressive, however you want to describe it. And even should they defend themselves, and it may be, again, seemingly so, a more noble battle, mm -hmm. I don't know that, again, there's any more nobility in that because in the end, you've just done what they've done to you. Right. You've replicated that. Mm -hmm. And we do live in a society that seems to want to feel sorry for people like that and think that the only way to stop bullying is to let somebody bully you. And I'm not saying that, even, because I don't know that that really stops it. Because those individuals that are bullied need to repent in some way. I mean, you have to change. We'll just go around and go through life just beating up on everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, I can feel guilty that I'm not a bully, but if my proposition is true, my consideration that we've all been bullied, we're all born into original sin, the devil is the first and foremost, the most powerful of all bullies, to the extent that he will convince you in that tricky, sneaky way that he's going to kill you, he will intimidate and continue to control you then in that dimension. That's all bullying stuff, right? I mean, that's mm -hmm. kind of a profiling. Mm -hmm then they've got to change. Mm -hmm. But I can't resort to making them change, especially if that comes across as bullying or if they, in a reactive sort of way, mm -hmm. decide they're going to bully me. And even if I beat them into submission, it sounds bullying, doesn't it? When I say it that way, I beat them into submission. Mm -hmm. It still isn't going to work because I've not done anything but kill them myself. So there's got to be another way out. And when Jesus was telling the disciples this, they didn't like it. Mm -hmm. And not only did they not like it in verse 22, they did not like it earlier in the passage. But I'll, uh, again, I'll let you reflect on that before I go up earlier mm -hmm. in Matthew 17. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's interesting thought. And it kind of made me think a little bit when you said that about... <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to tell myself when I think about my children, when you said beat them into submission, <laughs> because that's what we do. That's that's how we that's how we think we're taking care of it, and that even that is a lie. Even that is not even the answer, right? You said it. They have to change. Well, that's what we tell our counselees, but. <laughs> It's, it's counterintuitive. Mm -hmm. It's paradoxical. That make any sense at all right. mm -hmm. unless, unless the Holy Spirit helps you. Mm -hmm. And He is in us. 
And so it is honest to do it. That's the, this thing that we're talking about. We talked about last podcast. That's the great power right. that we have. But at the same time, until the person, we've been talking about that, not only can get their emotions under control so they're not reactive, mm-hmm. emotional thinking, get their thoughts lined up as with the Word of God so that they have logistically, they're in the right place. Okay, I'm listening to you now. I think I'm hearing what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But it isn't going to come because the devil will use both of those, the human apparatus, both of those primary operational sort of systems that, that compro- make us up, mm-hmm. that, that make us in terms of processing the world. Those are the go-tos, the way we do that emotionally and thought-wise. But even though thoughts are a little bit better, there's no way to convince anybody of that until they can see a demonstration of the power of that. And sometimes that does take a little bit of time to fully manifest itself. Mm. How long is three days? I don't know for God, for Jesus in 24-hour terms. It was three days. And they saw a resurrection. Mm -hmm. In God terms, maybe we're still in the third day, the second day. Jesus is going to come again. But but it takes a while. And then that's where the trouble kind of Mm -hmm. begins because that still gives the devil plenty of time. Mm -hmm. This thing is going to work. Mm -hmm. He said it would work. He tried to tell you it would work. He even showed you. But... You know, he was God, and so you're not God, and, you know, I bet it won't work for you. And you might as well just, if you're going to not raise up a sword, (laughs) you're not going to beat them into submission, Mm -hmm. you might as well just accept this is your lot in life. Mm -hmm. And be happy with it. And then any way, shape you can to try to justify it, make it noble, you're okay with that. Because in the end, I'm still denying you the victory. Mm I'm still denying you the resurrection. I'm denying you the power that really is in you to overcome it. And that resurrection, of course, is for eternal dimensions or is an internal dim- eternal dimensions for the, here, for the hereafter, but also the here and now. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. So I want to go to, uh, <laughs> it wasn't early in the chapter, I'm going to go to the previous chapter, Matthew 16. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? I think it's interesting that, again, in King James, but I'm, again, confident counting on the translation being mostly accurate. Son of Man, am. And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, which was a man. Some, Elias. Elijah. And others, Jeremiah, Jeremiah, all those eyes, I get those confused sometimes. Or one of the prophets, he saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? Now, it's real important because we need to establish, yes, Jesus is a man and all those were men. And we said last podcast that John the Baptist was good. I mean, he did a lot out of the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. And it takes nothing away, but he wasn't quite there yet, I think is how we put it. But if Jesus had allowed that to set right there, or God, I suppose, because God was working in them, mm-hmm. Holy Spirit was working in them for this purpose of revelation that we're about to read. But if that would have been it, then he'd just been a great prophet, he'd been a great man, we'd have had that intellectual kind of exercise, we'd have ended with maybe last podcast, although we certainly did acknowledge Jesus and the resurrection power last podcast, but in terms of application, oh yeah, I I, I said, they teach that in seminary. (laughs) He preached Mm -hmm. that, I said that in preaching, but it's teaching it in Mm -hmm. seminary. It really doesn't work, Mm -hmm. but it's the right way to civilize the world. So we can't move off of that. 
But if you don't believe it in your heart, you're going to move, you're already moved off of it. You're just going to keep going further and further into right. the ditch, and you're going to lead more and more into the ditch, and it'll right. be the blind leading the blind, mm-hmm. and then you've got the Pharisees, and then you're going to resort to whatever you can to justify why you're better than everybody else, and that we should just participate with the system because it really isn't going to change, because if it was going to change, it would have changed by now. And since it's not changed by now, who's the fool? Who's the fool? You're the fool for believing there's resurrection power. You're the fool for turning the other cheek. You're the fool for going to the cross. You're the fool for believing all this foolishness that is Jesus Christ. Because in the end, did you not know and see, as he was telling them what was going to happen, there'll be a crucifixion and he's going to go down just like you. And that would have been probably somewhat empirically sound. If it were only left to the five senses, Mm -hmm. the human apparatus, the emotional and cognitive processing, and maybe even then, as in Old Testament sort of spirit, a noble aspiration. But everybody knows it really doesn't work, Mm -hmm. except John the Baptist believed it. Mm -hmm. Elias believed that he was taken up as a whirlwind of fire. And because they believed it, though they did not experience it in their time, When Jesus came, they experienced it in him because they were the logistics. They helped set up the cognitive paradigm, the word, the preaching, the demonstration, Mm -hmm. along with a little bit of help from God (laughs) and the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. who's constantly be working on our half to this end of restoration, even from the beginning of time, Adam. But yet, here they are. And it's imminent. It's right there in front of them. And in many ways, they're talking to the physical manifestation, the sign of it. And Jesus says, and Simon Peter answered. He says, but whom say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Yay, Simon Peter. This is great. (laughs) Right? Because intellectually, he's got it. Yay! Mm-hmm. About time, right? All this feeding of the thousands, right. the miracles, about time. <laughs> Are you still okay with me? Because I want to go a little yeah. further. I don't want to hog the conversation. No. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed are thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven, and I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whosoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Then charged he his disciples that they shall tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. So there's a lot in this, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Most of it. Most of us have probably heard the majority of the obvious kind of points. Peter, yay, Peter, he got it. First revelation of the Christ uh, upon his rock of the church. And Roman Catholic Church still bases that. Peter is the rock. Mm. I don't know if that's really what that meant. I know that we've heard that argument too. Foundationally, it was this logistics, this belief, the paradigm shift. Peter no longer had to be a victim. He was about to understand how to overcome victimization without becoming part of victimization and falling again deeper into, into the pit with the devil and all those that otherwise are of the devil. Go ahead. Mm, I was just thinking Greek. Um, Peter in Greek means rock. 
So that's interesting to me that this comes right on the heels of before that. If you go up a little bit earlier um, around verse 5, Jesus has that conversation with them about the Pharisees and Sadducees. And then they're talking amongst themselves. It's because we didn't bring any bread. And they still didn't get it. In verse 8, aware of their discussion, Jesus said, You of little faith, why are you talking to yourselves about this? Verse 9, you still don't understand. And then he goes back, don't you remember this? And don't you remember that? Like, how is it you understand? And so it says, then they understood that part. They understood he was telling them to watch against the Pharisees. Sessions. So then, to me, it's they're still fragile. Like, they're still getting it. And it's still um, like Friday. You know, they, he's not quite dead yet. And they're not in that Saturday moment like, like where we are. Mm-hmm. Where we're in the midst of Sunday's not here yet, but Friday's oh, already coming. happened. Sunday's coming. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. But it's interesting to me that it's just on the heels of them not getting, you know, like simpler things. And then Peter, you know, he's like, well, you're the Christ. Like some things they can get so easily and other things they just... But aren't we the same way, though? I mean, some things we can get, you know, and then other things we just struggle with. I think the most amazing thing about the Bible, at least for us, it seems amazing. But when you think of it the way I'm about to say it, it's really the only way it could be. Everybody's life is the Bible. The Bible is everybody's life. You have a beginning as with Adam. You're born. You're like Adam. It's not male-female stuff, although I think probably for the sake of the Bible and the culture, it worked. It doesn't seem to be working now. Maybe we'll go back to it. Maybe there'll be another way of doing it. I don't know. Jesus said they're not married in heaven, neither are they male and female. So, you know, this idea that that would not, in my mind, necessarily be taking us away from the point, Mm -hmm. right? The point being the eternal dimension. But we're not talking about the eternal. We're talking about living in the moment we're in right now, and we're still in material dimension. Mm -hmm. But in that way that you described it, why should we be surprised that we experience everything in that way? And why would we also not be surprised at some point to realize that as we're reading about Jesus in the Bible, we're really reading about ourselves? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not Jesus, and you're not Jesus, and we take, again, nothing away from Jesus. And I'm not a humanist in the sense that I, that's my foundation. But my foundation is it's, it's relatable, has to be, to the human dimension or we don't get anything out of it. Right, exactly. And so this idea that one day we will be asked to take up our cross and follow after him. One day we will have to look at ourselves and say, what are we, men or Muppets? Mm -hmm. You remember that in the Muppets? (laughs) Are we men or are we going to be Jesus? Mm -hmm. And I know we can't be Jesus without Jesus because he's the Christ. Right. He's the Messiah. He was the one that showed us by actually doing the thing that we needed to do to not reactively kill what seems to be killing us mm-hmm. and not perpetuating all of this evil that is in the world of the devil. He was the one that showed us, yes, you can do this. You don't think you can do this, but you can do it. But if you do it, you'll not only get an immediate return on it, as in with resurrection power of spirit, but you'll eventually get the big picture materially so for us what we're wanting now 
the big picture, you'll find that the culture changes. You'll find that because you've held on to it and not resorted to the ways of the world, you're one of those that I want to base the church on. You're the foundation. Yeah, Peter is the rock. I get that. And maybe there is like, I believe there's a lot to names and maybe I don't understand it all. But I don't think he's talking just about Peter. But Peter was a great example of that as your point would be or was. And even right after that, I was looking down past that passage when you go down to verse 21 and he starts to explain to him more, you know, what's going to happen and this is what needs to happen and, you know, and then even the good news, not just that I'm going to be killed, but I'm going to be raised alive. <laughs> and Peter, bless his heart, uh, and the people that identify with Peter, I have friends that are like, I'm Peter. And I'm like, I don't know if I'd choose him or not. <laughs> And he took him aside and starts to rebuke him. Never, Lord, this shall never happen to you. And lest we shake our heads at them. You know, sometimes I look at the disciples and I'm like, really? But then are we not the same way sometimes? You know, he told him, he even told him the good news. I'll come back to life. And he was like, never, Lord. And then Jesus has to, to declare, get behind me. Satan. Well, he was trying it out, Carolyn. Mm -hmm. He just was told, Jesus just told him upon this rock, he was told him, whatever you loose, Mm -hmm. whatever you bind, you have power. But Peter was kind of empirically testing it Mm -hmm. because he was saying, no, we're not going to let this happen. But that's the insidiousness of the bullying Mm -hmm. or the effect of the devil we started the podcast with because you don't even know that until you know that and then you don't know that just simply because I tell you that you know that because you do what you just did which I'm going to have to stop you from doing that if you keep chasing the end I can't set up the end and give it away the answers that's okay but that's the point it's not my answers it's Jesus's but this is why I think Jesus said, don't tell anybody. They need to discern it like you did. Mm -hmm. And with that, the greatest preacher or teacher is the Holy Spirit in you who already knows this. You have that power within you, but you just don't know how to release the power within you. Because you will end up, if you can't turn off the emotional, Mm -hmm. you can't turn off the rationalizations, the intellectual, the justifications even Mm -hmm. why you might react in similar manner and become the bully Mm -hmm. or just have to live in this state of victimization. Inevitably, Jesus is going to come. You've missed the point. He's already come. He's going to come again, but he's already returned. The kingdom of heaven has already started. Some will see before I pass, before their life ends and I pass, they'll see the Son of Man coming in His kingdom. Mm -hmm. It's happening now. It's still going on now. We should be a little more advanced. We should understand it better. But you're right. We're human vessels. And if I'm right, that everybody goes down the same timeline, the developmental, the sanctification course is the same... There's going to be a lot that are young, 
<laughs> Maybe you listen to this and have not got to this moment. There'll be a lot who are older and say, yep, you think you got it now, but wait till you get where I'm at and now I can tell you a few things. But that's just the timeline. But thank God the timeline is the same for everyone and that's why Jesus can save everyone if you can identify with Christ and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and become one with Him. If you don't, You've just denied the prototype. You've just denied what God gave us as living testimony, living word, example of what it is to put all the Old Testament word into practice. If you don't identify with Him, if you reject Christ, you already are not going to finish the course because the course is Christ. He's the sign. But if you don't do that... You're going to wander around the wilderness for 40 years. You're not going to get into the promised land. And that's unfortunately why we as counselors, Christian counselors, pastoral care, why it's kind of frustrating sometimes because you know the answer just like you. You want to give them the answer. You want to chase after and get to the verse and say, well, this is the verse. But you can't do that exactly that way. It's okay to give them the answer. But that's the labor. You have to go through it with them. Yeah. You have to suffer them. I want them. them to get it. It's the path. I'm glad you said that about the wilderness falling around the wood. Because you said it's the same timeline. And in my mind, I'm thinking it's the same path. We're all walking the same path. We're all following Him. Now, when you start deviating and going off little trails and thinking that looks interesting over there. Or, you know, somebody told me this over here. I want to go check it out. I'll be right back. <laughs> Sometimes there is no coming right back. Sometimes you're over there for 40 years, wandering around somewhere, and that's not good either. So I really like the idea that, I, I like your illustration just now, the the same timeline, the same story, and I also just liken it to the same path, that we're following Him. We're all following the same path, but our um, side trails may look different, you know, each person. And then we, you know, lest we get off on trail and then get sidetracked and, you know, get lost. Well, he must needs go through Samaria, I think it was, after yeah. he was yeah, baptized. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it is that way. It's your love of the Holy Spirit, which means it isn't always so much where well, you go here and you go here and you go here and you go. People like it that way because it makes them feel like they're in control. Mm -hmm. But it isn't. It isn't that way. But the one thing we can say, wherever you go, if you go in the name of the Lord and you go with Jesus and you go with the Holy Spirit and you go with the Word and you go yeah. with the living Word, then whatever you lay your hands upon, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound, whatever is there loosed, mm -hmm. Bound in heaven, loose on earth, shall be yeah. loose in heaven. You're right, and I, I, I just want to. I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt you. I just want to say that real quick because I that's a, that's something that I struggle with myself is to know that <laughs> I can still go off the path, and He can still use that. Mm -hmm. Well, He so, fixes it immediately. Yes, but for somebody like me, I have to remind myself of that. It doesn't just come to me like, oh, you know, I can do this and he's still going to work it out. You know, I have to consciously go there and think that because to me, it's like, oh, oh no. I, you know, like then panic kind of sets in or, you know, or, or the opposite and I get comfortable and then maybe I'm in the pit and then I'm, you know, deciding it's comfortable and I don't realize it. But you're right. And that's a, that's, I wanted to mention that because... Some, you're right. I can go there sometimes where I feel like, you know, 
I'm in this wilderness or, you know, I've made the mistake and now what, well, you know, well, and so people God can use that, even that, and use it for his glory, which I absolutely believe that. But when you do that, sometimes it doesn't like just come to you. Well, you have to like consciously think it. Well, people believe that the Old Testament says kill yourself. That's not what it says. It doesn't say kill that. It says allow the Holy Spirit to sanctify that. Sanctify the vessel. It, you know, if you go around killing yourself, it's just like killing other people. You're still killing. That's the tradition of men. Mm -hmm. I, I think if I can bring it down to a singular point, and there's all kinds of variants of that, and, and again, different ways to kill somebody and to kill yourself. Mm -hmm. Self destruction is again, again why a lot of people come see us. They fall into the trap of self defeat, mm -hmm. or they're so preoccupied with what others are doing to them that they kind of are getting into wanting to kill other people. Mm -hmm. But that's the tradition of men. That's not God. God did right. not put that in us right. as pro-social creatures, as creatures of love, mm -hmm. whose design was to love one another, mm -hmm. to serve God, to love God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and spirit, and then in that, love and serve one in the same. Serve others, or serve God, and then to love others or serve others in that same manner. Two great commandments. But this is a tradition of men when it does not seem in an emotionally reactive way, or even with all the great... I guess, uh, garnishings of thought. If you don't change that, you don't know how to turn that off, Right. you're going to justify everything you do. Mm -hmm. And you're going to kill people in the name of Jesus. You mm -hmm. are, you're going to murder and them. Yeah. And yourself. Mm -hmm. And the devil loves it. Right. Don't kill yourself. Don't kill others. But more, don't fall into the tradition of men. And I think that's what God was, God. Jesus was God. So it was God is God. My Lord said unto your Lord, my Lord said unto my Lord, or the Lord, my Lord said unto my Lord David. I yeah, forget yeah, how yeah. that goes in Psalms. But the idea though is, is that get thee behind me, Satan, thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. That's the traditions of men. We need to acknowledge that. We are a murderous bunch. Mm -hmm. I don't care how you want to pretend like you are. Or aren't, or how you might want to sort of package it. Mm -hmm. There's war machines, literally mm -hmm. so, and unfortunately, at the head. Right now, it's in Washington, D.C. How many people are going to die? We don't know because the war machine is turning and turning, mm -hmm. and regime change, it's turning, and turning, and turning. That's not how you fix it. You don't fix it that way. Again, I don't know that you open your borders. I don't know that you penalize the people that are already in the country by making them have to do stuff. It's all freely receive, freely give. You just really, I don't know that you destroy all the other power except yours. That doesn't seem right. That's bullying. All that's bullying. And I don't want to go down that rabbit trail too far, but if you need another example of that, this is what happens when a culture bites into the apple of, oh my, they're going to kill me, so I need to kill them. Mm -hmm. Or even in the name of Jesus. It doesn't work. So Jesus says, verse 24, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? You're denying what otherwise is that pro-social, that love, that way that God created us for fellowship with Him and others, you kill that 
when you <laughs> go the path of the devil. Mm -hmm. When you bite into, again, that way of thinking. Mm -hmm. For the Son of Man shall come in His glory, or shall come in the glory of His Father with His angels, and then He shall reward every man according to His works. And what is that? It's mutual exclusion. Mutual exclusion. Mutual exclusive. If you don't, again, identify with Christ, you're dying. You're going to die. Does Jesus come in and murder everybody? Does he come off the mountaintop like Moses did and kill everybody that's evil? No. Moses was, was righteous in his season, I believe. Mm -hmm. And the righteousness of God, as you were saying earlier, the forgiveness of God, the mercy of God covers a multitude of our sins because we just, in our ignorance, don't know. Mm -hmm. But we should know more now. But that's not how Jesus comes back. Jesus comes back as living testimony of resurrection and then they all lose their argument. They can't survive. They're judged according to that and the hell that they may be condemned to is maybe not of their own creation but it certainly is of their own choice. Mm -hmm. If they live there now, they're going to live there then. That's the word of God. Mm -hmm. You choose hell now you're going to find after Jesus comes again, you're not going to be able to enjoy any of that because you're still in hell. Because you're grinding your teeth. It's bitter. And why is there not, when Jesus comes a second time, a second chance? Because it's only good for while you're here. After you're gone from here, it doesn't matter. Because after that, then the devil can't have at you. But after that, all that is evil goes right where the devil is, in the pit. But who went there first? It was the devil. And who did he get to follow him next? was the angels that followed after him. And then who did he try to take down? Adam. And you know that that's pretty bad when he's scrounging around for humans. He's, he's at the bottom of the barrel, so to speak, when he's tried to, to steal us from God. I just listened to a podcast last night about Job and how Satan came. And there's a word there, and I don't remember, I don't remember exactly, I don't have that scripture pulled up, which word it was, but it was referring to Satan talking to God. And it was very clear that God allowed him to speak he, he wasn't just like they were saying, it wasn't like peer-to-peer, -peer, like he just come in and just, he can just talk to God or whatever. God allowed him to speak. But he was looking for somebody to torment. You know, what about, um, you know, one of your people? And then God says, have you considered Job? But I thought about that. They didn't really hit on it in the podcast, but I thought, you know, here he is like looking for... <laughs> I mean, we know that the scripture says he, you know, roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he made devour. But it's it's a little bit more than just that. I mean, he's like actively looking for somebody to destroy, and we need to be aware of that. I just I think sometimes we lose sight that we're that we're the prey, you know, but we're not a victim. But I agree. But if you choose to go this route. And be the bully. If you choose to follow after Satan, mm -hmm. you become mm -hmm. then in that same way. Right. You're preying on others. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess you could say that Job had a choice. He could have turned that and lashed out and just started going murdering everybody. You know, after the the people in his life that were killed. Well, you know, he had a choice. So there was a, a moment where he could have been the bully. And he could have not. But his friends were kind of bullying because they didn't mm -hmm. bully him like, say, well, Job, who cares? 
Or Job, we're so glad now that you're at the bottom so we can be a little better than you. But they took it in that direction and then they took it in a little bit further. Well, Job, you know. And then they started in to incite the name of God. Mm-hmm. You know God wouldn't do this except that you were a bad boy. Mm-hmm. You did something Great wrong. Friends. Huh? Great friends. Yeah, right? <laughs> but it's this way of the devil. It's insidious, and it can be that subtle. Mm-hmm. It can be that sly. Mm-hmm. It can be with these great swelling words. It can be with all of this hope and promise and Good a material intention. dimension. But yeah. if you don't see Jesus mm-hmm. in it, mm-hmm. and that's what Jesus is saying, if you don't see me in it, then there will be no resurrection because you've missed the point because you should be looking for me first. Mm -hmm. And if you see evidence of me in it, the Holy Spirit, then you can listen to the rest of it. Mm -hmm. But if you don't see evidence of me in it, and particularly the Holy Spirit in it, and you don't see them practicing what they preach, Mm -hmm. don't have anything to do with it. It's the leaven of the Pharisees. Take up what he said. Take up. Well, he said there, take up your cross and follow me. He doesn't say follow the people I've put in charge of you or whatever. Verily, I say unto you, there be some standing here. That's what I was trying to get out earlier. Mm-hmm. Which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his game. They were seeing it then. They just didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. Now, that would have been enough, right? I mean, there's, <laughs> there's certainly enough in there. And we could probably spend the entirety of the podcast on just this chapter. Mm-hmm. But I do want to go to the next one. <laughs> next one or go back to, I think we started mm-hmm. on, on 17. 17. So we'll go back there. And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias, Elijah, talking with him. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. Which is true. Mm-hmm. True. Right. Of course, Peter was the one that recognized him to be the Christ. Mm-hmm. Peter was the one that was, Jesus said specifically to, he did say, get behind me, Satan. Specifically said to, on this rock, right. power. Mm-hmm. But the idea though is, is that even so, It wasn't for that moment Mm -hmm. that he could exercise the power that was rightly his. It had to be for the time to come, Mm -hmm. but it had to be also realization, no, yes, but also no, because it already had come, but this is the part that we have to do is be patient Mm -hmm. and wait for the transfiguration. Listen to him. Wait. I'm getting ahead of you. You are. You could give all that away, and that's okay. But in the but in the end, what'll happen is people will already, when you say that, they'll start already putting up defenses. Mm-hmm. They'll start already coming to. But your awareness, that's how it comes to you, though, is as you're pointing out. It is. This is how the word of God is powerful mm-hmm. to bring this forth. I don't have to bring it forth. Except in real time. And we do that a bit here. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think of some stuff. Yeah. But all this stuff is not scripted. So this is all real time. Right. But this is what happens when two or more gather together mm-hmm. in his name. That's yeah. that power of agreement. Yes. All of a sudden, it starts to make all the sense in the world. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, it becomes clear. All of a sudden, when you just get that one part lined up properly... Mm-hmm. You have to die to the traditions of men. You have to die to selfishness. You have to die to fight or flight. You have to die to intellectualization, rationalization. 
You have to die to that glory, self-glory, mm -hmm. I guess, aggrandizement mm -hmm. for the greater glory, which is, yeah, you didn't come up with it. God came up with mm -hmm. it. But if you get with the program, mm -hmm. if you hear the word, you allow the word to speak to you in that dimension, then you're going to enjoy all that goes with the word. And what's wrong with that? You don't get your name at the top of the marquee. Right. It may not be at on the, what do they call those things on the front of the churches where you get the pastor's name. Oh. <laughs> but you don't get your name there, yeah. right? Or your church isn't named after you. <laughs> or the traditions of all those people that come before you. And I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying that's how insidious it is. So I'm going to mm -hmm. finish this before you get ahead of me and finish it for me. <laughs> And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with them. Then answered Peter and said to Jesus, it's good for us to be here. If thou wilt, here we go, let us chase to the end. Mm -hmm. Let us make here three tabernacles. Mm -hmm. One for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, as you were pointing out, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom, I'm, whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. Mm -hmm. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and be not afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. So, maybe that would have been enough. I mean, that's pretty supernatural stuff. Mm -hmm. Right? There, were, there was at least some personification of Moses and Elijah there in some measurable way because Peter recognized it. Peter, right. James, and John mm -hmm. recognized it. And with that, then there was thunderous voice from heaven. Mm -hmm. God spoke to them. <laughs> with that, there was a light, that a cloud that overshadowed them. This is pretty supernatural stuff. Mm -hmm. And that would have probably been enough. But it wasn't. Can you... Here we go. Here we go. You might read ahead a little bit here. But why do you think that wasn't enough? When you say wasn't enough, what, what do you... Well, it could have ended right there. Jesus would not have had to go to a cross. That would have been enough. That would have changed the course. That would have changed the direction. Why? Peter said that. I don't disagree with Peter. They were all exceedingly, exceeding sorry. And nobody wants Jesus to die. I don't want Jesus to die. I, I don't want to kill anybody. But that doesn't mean I wouldn't. Because I need a little more than even I think that. I need somebody to help me get through it. And had mm -hmm. Jesus not gone to the cross? And he said this to them in the upper room. I must needs go, not only through Samaria, but to the cross. Because if I go to the cross, then I can leave the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, to help mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that, again, that was him saying that the Holy Spirit isn't with you now. But it was in that way, to their awareness, they didn't know that yet. Right. They'd not claimed the power that was within them. So for them, when the fire came down, the cloven tongues mm -hmm. in the mm -hmm. upper room, 
It was as if it came down upon them. No, this is the trick of the devil. Mm -hmm. It proceeds from within you or out of you. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven proceeds from He just told them it's not what goes into a man that comes out in the draft. Mm -hmm. It's what comes out of his heart. It's a transition, I guess, transformation, transfiguration. Mm -hmm. As they were seeing evidence on the mountaintop that day, that takes place not only in historical biblical terms, but as we've been saying, it takes place in you. It's in your life. Now, will there be an overshadowing of this bright cloud? Will you see Moses and Elijah? Maybe you'll see your dad. Maybe you'll see your grandpa. Maybe you'll see that person that brought you to Christ. <laughs> maybe, maybe you'll see something that's more particular. We've spoken about John the Baptist mm -hmm. in the book of Revelation. Not Baptist, but John the Revelator in the book mm -hmm. of Revelation. He was basing that on his experiences. It's unique. Your dream, last podcast, mm -hmm. was based on you. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to have the same dream in that way, but I'm going to have the same dream. But this wasn't a dream. This was a foretelling. And I'm almost convinced that the dreams may be more real than we want to give them credit for. Not the circumstances in the sense that they don't always translate in a literal way to what's going on in our life, but they always have the theme of the resurrection of Jesus Christ in them. And you may not recognize Jesus, mm -hmm. but it's that lady. She's mm -hmm. almost like she's Jesus. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's got the theme because it's in you already. It just needs to come out of you. But you've got to get out of the way and you've got to understand, get behind me, Satan. Doesn't mean Peter's evil. It just means Peter is how you stop him. You stop him because you recognize when he's attacking you, you stop him by not biting into that fruit. You stop him by not partaking of the leaven of the Sadducees, the Pharisees, but you stop him by recognizing you could be him if you don't choose me. And if you are him, it's not going to only lead you to death, but you're going to kill a lot of people with you. You're going to take a lot of people down with you. There's a lot of truth in what you just said, <laughs> because that so easily, so quickly can happen. We can cross that line and become something that we never intended. So what I hear you saying about the Holy Spirit coming down, so it wasn't so much, and I, and as we do this in pastoral care and counseling, I say this to people. <laughs> um, I love it when I have a realization of something that I already tell people, but because it applies to us, like we're sometimes we're coming to stuff on the podcast, you know, sometimes I'm like really kind of getting something for me, you know, that I can explain to somebody else, but so that that was what was already in them. They were just becoming aware of it. Is that what I hear you saying? Like the, the Holy Spirit came down, but the Holy Spirit was already there. But they right? have to deny, take up their cross, but they have to deny what otherwise is in them mm -hmm. in a physical dimension mm -hmm. for self-preservation. Mm -hmm. That's the hard part. That's the Old Testament. The keys to the kingdom are Old and New Testament. We said that. The binding is the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. right. Jesus is just reminding Peter and us, you bind the flesh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> how do you... How do you spoil the strong man except you bind him first? Mm -hmm. 
You bind the strong man. You bind the thing the devil uses against you first. But what all that does is it removes you so that you can actually see the angel of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, the donkey, talking donkey, Balaam. Mm-hmm. Don't you see? Don't you see? Mm-hmm. No, because you're blinded. Because you're chasing down justice. Vengeance is mine, thus saith David. David Clay. Vengeance is mine, thus say Carolyn. Mm-hmm. Or I'm just not worth anything. And you might as well just go ahead and beat me up. And we might as well just go ahead and get this over with. I'm just going to give you what you want. And do with me as you will. No, that's not what we're saying either. Mm-mm. What we're saying is that until you find the strength of the Holy Spirit, discover Him in you in that way, you're not going to be able to say no to anything until you can say no to that, mm-hmm. which is in some ways part of you. Right. So you have to yourself. Yes, but you have mm-hmm. to deny that part of you mm-hmm. so that the part of you that is of God, that has been there all along, might then take dominion mm-hmm. over your life. Would you say that's when, um, I've heard people describe it, would you say that's when the flesh wants to creep back up and then we have to sort of go back there that that's been crucified and we're not going to allow that to to take root. We're not, we're not going to allow it to take precedence over Christ. Because I've heard people say that, you know. And at first I was like, mm, you know, my flesh has been crucified. <laughs> but sometimes people will really, and sometimes they've said that to me, they feel like that it's still kind of off to the side and it will still try to get our attention. Well, it won't. You won't. The Bible says you won't be freed of it until you're freed of your flesh. And so to be free from our flesh, but that what I guess my question is, does that mean that it will never try to get our attention again? Well, and I guess really as much as again, trying to answer that as specifically as possible, I guess I'm saying Yes, because it will always try to get your attention Mm -hmm. because it's flesh. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to fight with yourself and you don't have to, again, kill that part of yourself. You just need to allow the Word of God, Mm -hmm. the power of the Holy Spirit, lead you in knowledge and understanding, wisdom, Mm -hmm. to sanctify that part. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what I think. Um, I just wanted to hear your part. You want to catch me up? Well... You're well, of, like the Sadducees and the Pharisees. It's come don't to me. Don't call me a Pharisee. Um, I no. I, I hear these different you know terms and different phrases people say, and I'm like, I want you know, I want to. What does the Bible say? That's the most important thing. <laughs> it's not what Carolyn Barnett thinks or 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 Dave Clay for that matter. Is what does the Bible say? Right. That's where that's our baseline. And so, yes. We've been crucified with Christ, but I do feel like that even, even, well, you know, what does that look like? Your flesh may be an old tendency or something that you died to may try to come back and, and take, take our thought process over to where we're actually acting, which, you know, we have to catch it as a thought first, lest we go down and take an action and go back to some old way. But, um, but yeah. that's always the temptation. Yeah. Because it is in your human nature, mm-hmm. instinctually so, mm-hmm. to be this way. But it's even more so, intuitively so, spiritually so, not. But by the time that you get, because we're all born into original sin, by the time you get to the point where you realize it, you've got a lot of years of practice. 
Mm-hmm. And you've got a lot of years of exposure. Right. And you've got a lot of years of socialization where people, mm-hmm. all I mean by that is people have been doing this to you. Mm-hmm. And you've got a lot of corrupted word. Mm-hmm. And then you get to this moment, a time such as this, you get to this moment where all of a sudden, this is really what we've been waiting for. Evil's destroying itself. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to destroy us because we've already got the answer. We already expected that there's going to be some... <laughs> Giving up, dying to self right. daily. Mm-hmm. Don't kill yourself, but give it to Christ. Mm-hmm. Eliminate, say no to that part. That's the binding mm-hmm. on earth. Mm-hmm. You have to learn, yea, be yea, nay, be nay. Mm-hmm. You have to say no. Mm-hmm. This kind cometh out, but by much prayer, which is the yes, and the fasting is the no. Mm-hmm. It's the keys to the kingdom. You have to apply it in that way. The Holy Spirit will give you power to say no, too. I believe he helps you and you're saying no. Yeah. You just have to cooperate. But right. usually he That's helps you in saying no by <laughs> filling you with the yes. If, mm-hmm. you're, if you're living in the yes, there's no room for the no. Mm-hmm. But in that same sort of way, I think we're seeing that happen right before our very eyes. Do you know sometimes it's wrong for me to help people too much when they come to counseling? Mm-hmm. You shake yeah. your head. Yeah, because we can't... <laughs> there is such a thing as... as... Uh, helping somebody, what enabling, helping them too much, and and letting them go their own way. I mean, we would be amiss if we just, sure, go ahead and do that. <laughs> go ahead and kill them because you're so angry. I mean, we, I I can't allow somebody to, you know. And most of the time, if you ask them about that idea or that choice, they'll come to their own conclusion. You know, they'll see that, but. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was. I'm thinking. No, like that's the point, though, right? Like, that's what I think I mean, is we have again to set why proper boundaries. Well, and that's why again Jesus said, "Don't test it. Don't tell anybody." Not because it's not good news, but the revelation is best when the Holy Spirit brings it forth. Mm-hmm. My job isn't to tell them. My job is to help lead them right. and guide them. Mm-hmm. And direct them toward the answer. And I'm Elihu. Hear from God. I am Elihu. When mm-hmm. I step out of the role of Elihu, when I understand my role is to lead them into the presence of God or help mm-hmm. them define right. that door mm-hmm. to direct them to God, mm-hmm. then if I step outside of that, then I take on the position of God. Mm-hmm. And I'm corruption then. Right. I'm, I'm stuff that they don't need and mm-hmm. I'm taking them the wrong way. Well, that's but my if, prayer every time that they hear that they hear from God and that I hear God so that I can properly relay what I think he wants me to say, but that they hear, that's the biggest prayer, is that they hear, that they leave knowing that they heard something from God. And then, you know, what do we do with that and, and so on and so forth. But that's the goal. So we're not left without power. We have great power. But we are left with the primary choice task would be to make the decision who we're going to follow. Mm-hmm. And recognize, though the devil would convince you that you're killing yourself, you're really not killing yourself. What you're doing is you're submitting to Christ. It feels like you're killing yourself, but what you really are saying is, no, I'm destroying that part or allowing God to remove, to sanctify mm-hmm. me, remove mm-hmm. the dross, mm-hmm. wood, hay, and stubble, to remove those elements of the tradition of men. And, though this is a little overstated, it always is murderous. Give us Barabbas because he was a murderer. But they identified more with that messaging. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe they were angry. Maybe the Romans had finally gotten them to the point. Maybe they're angry because Jesus was like saying all this and convicting them. 
It's murderous. How do people get a hold of us if they want to, should they want to? I hope that they would like to. We'd love to hear from you. Give us a call at 304-528-9220. Or you can email us at covenantsllc one at yahoo.com. You can go on our website and check it out, covenantsonline.com. Or listen to our podcast <laughs> on various platforms. You can find us um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and whatever you else. put the link on the Facebook page. Yes, and of course, check out our Facebook page where we have lots of little nuggets and things to check out. And did you know, was it Monday, was World Mental Health Day? Mm. So I put little interesting things on there. Um, it's worth checking out our Facebook page. And then you'll also find a link to the podcast on there as well. So, all we could say at this point is... <laughs> Jesus loves you, and so do we. (laughs) And, and, And be blessed. And until next time.